Welcome to the Joplin and Andrea podcast, where we discuss all things faith, family, and fun. We are honored to have you with us today. Andrea, why don't you tell our viewers what is on the rundown for today's show? Awesome. Yeah, today our lineup starts with uh, Matters of Faith. We have a question about fearing God. Um, Matters of Family, we're going to talk about school and some of the new things that are coming up with it rapidly approaching. And on the topic of fun, you're just going to have to stay tuned for that because we actually have a lot of fun things we're going to be talking about. So It's been four, uh, I was going to say four weeks. It's been three weeks since we last recorded. Uh, been a lot going on yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and the Emerson household and the church made some renovations and stuff. So we we're glad to be back at the podcast desk today. That's right. All right. Let's get started. We're going to start with our faith topic today. And last week in your sermon, you had preached about uh, dealing with the pursuit of holiness. And through the sermon, somebody had submitted a question asking about fearing God and what that looked like. So in response to the question that came in, how okay. would you answer that? Um, yeah. So I preached a sermon on the fight, the, the Christian fight. And one of the points was that we fight to pursue holiness And I, in speaking on that point, dealt with the need to fear God. And um, so uh, afterwards, in fact, I think it might have been Monday, uh, one of our church members had approached me and said, hey, can you help me understand what it means to fear God? This person had been in church most of their life, had heard the term, Mm -hmm. but couldn't quite understand and reconcile how do you fear somebody that you love, that you know loves you? What do you mean by that? Are we supposed to be afraid of God? And I thought it was a terrific question and thought, you know what? She's probably not the only person out there that's wondering what that means. And so what does it mean to fear God? Well, first of all, before giving some kind of specifics, I think of the application. The first thing that needs to be noted is the Bible tells us to do it. And so this isn't really up for theological debate, should we, shouldn't we. It's not about what you think about God or don't think about God. We are told over and over not to fear this world, not to fear the things around us, but we are told repeatedly in scriptures to fear the Lord. In fact, Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And so uh, the Bible teaches us that as we fear God, um, we you know fear the Lord and live. And so it's very important that we fear God. The question then is, what does that mean? What does that look like? And first of all, fear means fear. It really does. That's what the word means. It's not some special Hebrew word that has a different meaning to it. It's not just a sense of awe and wonder for God. There needs to be a sense of fear of what would happen if we brought this all-powerful, omniscient God to a place of anger and wrath that he was going to have to pour out on us. And you will find that people who truly fear God are people that tend to, as nobody's sinless, there's not a sinless person on the planet, but people who fear God tend to serve God with a more pure life. And there's a real sense of, I don't want to, you know, disappoint, disappoint or, and, and not just disappoint God, but I don't want God to have to punish me. It is a 
fear of punishment. And I explained it very similar to the relationship of a father with his children. I don't think there's a whole lot of relationships that God has created that better picture what biblical fear should look like. Now, I'm not talking about the abusive father. I'm not talking about the father that is a a jerk to his kids, that's verbally abusive, physically abusive. Uh, That's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about the father that correctly disciplines his kids. And, you know, I can give an example of what it looks like in our home. And, Andrea, you can kind of verify what I'm about to say. You know, I'm not a perfect father. There's a lot of things I would like to do better. But um, our children fear me. They are afraid of me. And that said, I don't believe I ever had to spank our girls after the age of five. I don't know that I ever had to spank our boys after the age of seven thereabouts. Um, Malachi's only eight and he might have to get a few more, but who knows? Maybe not. Hopefully not. And I'm going to explain a couple of the reasons for that. Number one, my kids were afraid to be spanked by me because it did hurt. Uh, Number two, and this is a very important, um, you know, I'm going to go on a little rabbit trail here on discipline, but I'm coming back to fearing God. This is a very important aspect of discipline. I never lied to the kids. I, if I said, if you do that again, you're going to get a spanking, I always spanked them if they did it again. I didn't count to 17. I didn't say no five times today and then spank them because I was mad. And then the next day, say no 20 times and never spank them. And then one day I didn't even say no at all. I was just frustrated and I whipped them. That's very confusing for children. And most parents, that's how they parent. And um, you got to be very consistent. And our children learned at a very young age that there's a certain tone of voice. I am serious. And if you don't listen, you're going to be in trouble. And even to this day, our kids are afraid to do something that would be wrong enough that it would evoke my strength and my power to a place of discipline. Now, before all of, uh, you know, the people out there that are anti-disciplinarians feel like, you know, wow, I'd hate to live in that home. Here's the truth. Our home's one of the happiest homes you've ever met. Mm -hmm. And my relationship with all of my kids is about as good of a relationship as you'll ever find any children with their father. Every one of my kids love to be with me. And the reality is that the, and this is where we start to see the importance of fear, that healthy fear it actually keeps them from making terrible choices. And so there's not even a need for discipline all the time. We're not fighting all the time. We're not disappointed parents all the time because they're always making wrong choices. Our children make good choices. But a part of that, a part of making those good choices is that they fear. Now, I want to bring this back to the concept of fearing God. And in that process, I want to talk about discipline. While we would like to think that um, you can love a person to being good, it's simply not true. And anybody that believes otherwise, number one, they don't believe the scriptures because the Bible teaches us that fear is a motivating factor to serving God. And number two, they've got their head stuck in the sand. Can you imagine a world that we, you know, a world where laws weren't uh, ever enforced? Like it's wrong to kill somebody, but if you do... 
nobody's really going to get in trouble. We're not going to press charges. You're not going to go to jail. You really shouldn't break into people's houses and steal their stuff. But if you do, nobody's going to get in trouble. Nobody's going to go to jail. It's not going to impact your life in any way. You shouldn't be a bully and punch people in the face every time you're mad. But if you do, it really doesn't matter. You see, the reality is that the fear of punishment is naturally ingrained into us to guide us to uh, discipline ourselves so that we don't get in trouble. It is a necessary part of a fallen world. The exact same thing is true about fearing God. There needs to be a healthy fear that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro and see all that happens on the earth. And I know that God knows what I'm doing. I know that God um, is a God of holiness who demands that his sons and daughters are holy as he is holy. I know that when I study the scriptures, God's first um, instinct is grace. You don't ever see God being that angry father that just flies off the cuff and decides, I'm just mad today and I'm going to hurt people. But eventually, over and over and over again, we can see where Israel in the Old Testament, um, Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament, Acts chapter 5, were struck dead because they sinned against God. That's the New Testament, Acts chapter 5. But in the Old Testament, we see over and over again, Israel pushed God to the point where there was no other option but to bring discipline upon them and to scatter and and because they had just lived like so many today who thought well we can live however we want and it doesn't matter and there's no consequence and they had no fear of God and everybody did what was right in their own eyes and so when I talk about fearing God when the Bible speaks about fearing God I'm not talking about walking around being afraid of him like you know some terrible person or some um, I don't even have any names. They, I never did watch horror movies growing up. But, you know, we're not to be afraid of him like he's some ominous character that's just looking to hurt us. That's not what the Bible's talking about when it speaks about fear. Yeah. And the last thing I will say is this. Um, I want to reiterate that I'm not a perfect uh, father, perfect husband, perfect Christian, perfect pastor. Uh, but it is a fact verifiable fact of those who've lived with me, witnessed me, you're one of them. I've been doing this for 20 years and I have never went to the left or the right. I've never went backwards. Um, And part of that is because I love God and I'm thankful for what he's did for my life, but make no mistake about it. Part of it is because I'm afraid of God. Yeah, I'm afraid of what would happen. I I see some of the things that uh, pastors and and people do that um, are disheartening. I, hear, I read stories of, um, you know, the scandal that went on in the Catholic Church for many years with children being molested by priests. And, and I read stories of other churches where pastors are, you know, where they had an affair on their wife or they're, um, you know, um, being fraudulent with the funds, whatever it might be, just sinning mm-hmm. in a position where they are trusted to be holy spiritual leaders. And this is God's honest truth. I I would be so scared that God would strike me dead with lightning if I tried anything like that. And 
I hesitate saying that because someone's going to think, well, so you actually think about trying that type of stuff? No, I don't. I'm just telling you, I can't connect with how do you ever get to that point in the first place if you fear God. Like, I have a fear of God. I remember when um, it was pretty clear the Lord was telling us to launch a church in Derby. And it's not just a fear to not do bad stuff. It's a fear of getting in trouble for not obeying God to do good stuff. And I remember he told us to start a church in Derby. I'm like 26 years old and there's a lot of, I felt like unanswered questions. I felt unqualified. I didn't feel ready. But there was a part of me that was just afraid of what would happen if I didn't do it because I knew that I knew that I knew that God had led us here. And so the fear of God has actually guided me and protected me. And when you look at my life over the last 20 years, I don't have all these stories of, well, I turned from God and ran away for a year and a half and I was frustrated and I fell here and this and that. You know, part of the reason for that, it's not because I was just super spiritual all the time. It's because I was afraid of what would happen if I tested God's grace. So brothers and sisters, that is what fearing the Lord is supposed to look like from a biblical point of view. And when you do it correctly, when you do it, um, I will put, I, let me reword it this way. When you do it like I've done it, I don't walk around afraid that God's angry at me all the time. I mean, I have an awesome relationship with God. I love God. I love spending time with God. I love being in God's word. I love worshiping God. I love doing everything that I do. And there's like 5% of my walk. When my heart starts to get turned the wrong direction and I start thinking things I shouldn't, that the fear of God quickly puts me back on course. That is where I would say biblical fear is supposed to look like. That's how it's supposed to work. And so I hope that that helps some of our viewers who have maybe, or listeners who have maybe, you know, struggled with that question over the years. What does it mean? So... All right, we are going to transition here and uh, talk a little bit about family-related stuff. We've got the school year coming up on us. We do, yeah. And it's coming up quick, and there are so many angles on this thing. A lot of teachers, parents, um, just uncertainty I think on even so the many levels. Even homeschool parents are scared. Even the homeschool parents are scared, <laughs> the so, especially the new years. ones. <laughs> So, yeah. um, Andrea, what do you want to, let's get started talking about school. Let's try to find some way before all this is said and done to encourage our listeners of every type, no matter what they're doing, what they're choosing for school. Yeah. But let's get started talking about um, this weird this school year. Yeah. 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 Well, it is a weird school year, and I know we've mentioned it a little bit before in the past, but um, that seems to be all the things I see right now on social media is just parent after parent that says, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I just want to do the right thing, but what is the right thing? And um, it, it is. It's hard. I know you and I have even discussed what is the right thing, and we've been able to go to our bigger kids and just let them have the option. What do you want to do? What's in your best interest? And we really felt like, and they did too, putting them in school would be best. And if that looks different, in a month or two, then we just go with it. And, and so we have decided that for our big kids. Um, we came to that agreement together. And for Malachi, we still, we still kind of struggle with what exactly is the right thing to do. Um, but I, I am at peace that I feel like we're just all in this together. It's all a big learning process. And so there isn't really a wrong, a wrong thing to do would be do nothing. 
Um, and so I just want yeah, to encourage don't our listeners do nothing to... because it's actually illegal. Yeah. And someone will come take your kids away. It's yeah. called truancy. Yeah. So that's the worst thing to do. Yeah. yeah I but agree. I think that, you know, whatever you go with, just go with it at your best. And if you have to change in a few months, change it. And I know that's helped us in the past. There's been a few different times with our kids when we've had to um, try some things we just weren't sure about and kind of went into it with attitude of, you know what? If this doesn't work, we can change. We're not tied to this forever. And so I I would encourage our parents to really let that sink in. You don't have to nail it and get it right Mm -hmm. the first time or the second. And um, you want to make wise choices, but your children are resilient. And um, God's got a way of working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And you just need to have a peace that um, whatever you do, um, God's going to be with you. Yeah. God loves your kids more than you do. Don't ever forget that. And if you get into it and it's not a great fit, maybe it's a difficult learning environment for your children. Um, and it's either they're not learning or they're not passing or um, emotionally, whatever you may have chosen. Yeah. It's just been difficult for them. Um, listen, it's there's no reason that you can't try something else and make a switch. And so hopefully that'll give you a little bit of peace. I know it's it's frustrating. It's, um, it's uh, frustrating. It's not really what I'm looking for. It's a little overwhelming when we're forced with like make a decision and yeah. and we're, you're trying to make the first decision. You'd like to get it right the first time. Yeah, there's just a lot of uncertainties, yeah. and so you're just still not sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I just also want to encourage everybody, too, to just keep being graceful with everybody. I mean, I know our staff at the schools are trying their best to figure it out and figure out the new techniques and some of that sort of stuff. And I was hopeful. I don't think that we're going to go with what Malachi School has offered, um, but... I'm hopeful that Malachi and I can still go in there and encourage them from time to time and love on them and just let them know that we care because it's an amazing school. It just... What are you going to do? Like show up in the middle of the day when everyone else is at school with Malachi and be like, hey guys. Maybe. I mean, Malachi and I like delivered him flowers last year and cookies and loved on him. And he goes back and visits all his teachers. So yeah. Yeah. And he loved it. it I loved it. The faces of his friends. Like we're homeschooling. No, no, we can just go like before or after. Okay. But yeah, like still go in there and let them know we care about them and we appreciate them. You and... crack me up. <laughs> you going to go before? There's like a lot. Of, are there going to be any kids there? When are you thinking? Like right before school, right after? I'm just trying to understand here. I don't know. We've did both. So maybe we'll go both. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Just some awesome. kind of little... Uh, we care about them. Yeah. Love stuff like that. There we go. Yep. So you don't have to take my advice, but if you do, I'm sure they'll love you for it. Yeah, I'm sure they will. <laughs> of course they will. So yeah, yeah Malachi School, um, they decided they were going to try to do full days. And uh, this is our understanding of it. So don't quote us and put us on the news as this is exactly what his school's doing. But um mm-hmm. Our understanding was they're going to go full days. The kids are going to have to be socially distanced in class. They're going to have to wear masks. Yeah. And um, they're not going to be able to go to the lunchroom. They're going to have to eat lunch at their desks. And recess isn't going to even be recess because at recess, they're going to have to be six feet apart in social distance at recess. And I'll tell you, for us, we just felt like emotionally, that might not be real healthy for a bunch of uh, first kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth graders um, long-term could do more harm than good. 
Um, it's my opinion that um, kids weren't created to do that for eight hours. It's my opinion that we're going to end up with some very depressed and angry children, especially boys. Girls do a little bit better job being uh, still for longer um, mm -hmm. sections of time than boys do. But I'm a little nervous yeah. about how this is going to go. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm honestly, per, uh, really, I mean this sincerely, I'm curious if the people that made these decisions consulted child psychologists. Um, my guess, it's just my gut instinct, is the answer to that's no. They didn't. They might not have had time to. Uh, just trying to come up with a way to make it work. And the only thought was COVID, COVID, COVID. Mm -hmm. And that's an important thought. But um, there's also damage that happens emotionally. We're seeing this. We're seeing suicide rates rise. We're, uh, people are getting lonely because they're not allowed to be, you know, uh, have the social interactions they're used to having. And that is a very real problem too that matters it needs to be part of the discussion i'm not saying one's more important than the other i'm just saying they're both important and if you don't take both into consideration you end up making a lopsided decision i kind of feel like that's what happened yep. and that's my opinion well I'm it's hard and i know there's a lot of parents that don't have the choice i mean um yeah. my job's flexible enough that if i need to homeschool malachi I can and Yes. He might not like it, but he's going to sit by me while I'm working and he's going to do a school. Um, and a lot of them don't. And so, again, you just have to go with whatever your your best option is right now. And if it just doesn't work, then, you know, yeah. pray God opens another door and uh, and he will. God's faithful to that. He'll, he'll help we, you figure out the right way. We need to be praying for these teachers. Uh, number one, they don't get to make the rules. Number two, it's their job. See, take them stuff. Love and on them. Take I mean, them I'm stuff. Saying. Bring your kids that you said can't go to their class. Just bring them in periodically and remind them. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, that's not our point. Um, Follow bring, all the rules. Wear the mask. Go in. Just just bring do flowers the right way. and stuff and do it nice. But um, where, where was I? I lost my train of thought there. I don't even know. <laughs> you kind of deserve that. <laughs> Because you went back to making fun of my flowers. But we were just talking about being nice to the teachers. Yeah, the uh, that teachers... was it. Listen, I mean this seriously. We need to be pray for, praying for our teachers. You try to put yourself in their shoes. And I cannot even um, truly express how thankful I am for the teachers yes. that are showing up and just doing their job uh, They and, and trying to make this work for these kids. They... Um, deserve to be respected honored appreciated and thank god for them yeah i, I know everybody I, it doesn't matter if you're changing school districts to try to get a little different you know maybe they get the rules that fit your family better maybe you're trying homeschool maybe you're doing some co-op maybe you're going to try to just push through at the public school all of us are in agreement about one thing we can't wait for this to be over and we can't wait for um life to get back to some more sense of normalcy and in the meantime regardless of what people are doing man you need to be kind to people you aren't in everybody else's shoes you don't know their battles you don't know their options and we just need to love each other and encourage each other and you know that's i would right. recommend that you even consider going in and, and dropping off some flowers from time to time that's a great idea um you know just showing up and being friendly to teachers and some of the students there that's a great yeah. great idea yeah should you show up during class or like rub it in the faces of the kids. That I'm just not sure. If you show up at like 4, nobody's going to be there. If you show up at like 6.30, nobody's going to be there. There's only a certain window of time schools there. So if you're going to show up and encourage people, you're going to have to show up when they're there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Yeah. Okay. So, uh, other thoughts on school? Just call me. I'll help yeah, just, you. Just call Andrea. She'll get it taken care of. We got anything <laughs> else we're going to talk about school? No, I think we're done with school. But we're praying we're, for your parents yeah. out there. Yep, we're praying for you. It's we're in this together, and it's just it's not easy. So. And if you are discouraged and need to be encouraged. Hey, shoot us your address. I'll send Andrea over with Malachi and some flowers. <laughs> we can get started now, yes. you know, spreading the cheer. That's right. Okay? Yes. Sound like a Just deal? call us. <laughs> yeah, call us, send us an email, whatever yeah, it takes. That's funny. All right, we're getting ready to talk about our fun section. Yes. And you have something fun we're going to kick off with right now. And okay. That is... This is, this is, this is cool. And so, um, you know, we, we record our podcast. Uh, we have more people that listen online than we do watch, but we do record it. And so, if you're listening, what you can't see is that I'm holding like 20 letters in my hand. And these were all to me. And um, what's really cool, we've got a girl at our church. Her name is Bridget Bradshaw, and she is famous for sending cards to people as the Lord kind of puts it on her heart to do. Just It's her thing. And I, I literally, if I was guessing, I would say the number of cards that Bridget has sent out is in the thousands. When I got sick with COVID, though, rather than Bridget sending me a card, um, and, and now I know what was going on. She called Andrea to see if she'd get a hold of me and, um, she wanted my address and stuff uh-huh. and wanted to know how I was doing. Well, Bridget organized a complete deal with her family, everybody in her family and extended family. From to, the littlest to the biggest. Yes. Yep. I, yes. It's, it's a neat deal. The adults participated, the littlest ones participated, and I ended up with this incredible stack of just get well, we love you, we're That's thinking right. about you, we're yep. praying for you cards. Um, when I dealt with COVID here uh, about three, four weeks ago. Yes. And I uh, wanted to share that. You yep. know, that love was it. a blessing to me. It was really awesome. Thank you to everybody who participated in that. Thank yes. you. A big shout out to Bridget Bradshaw for um, just being heart. consistent, yeah. to follow your heart and be an encourager to people. It's working. You keep it up, sis. That's right. Yep. And next, we want to talk about the butter sculpting contest because we didn't get to do our show right after the butter sculpting. And so nobody knows what my butter sculpt was. Now, do they not know what it was because we haven't talked about it on the show or because they couldn't tell by looking at the picture? Well, that I'm not sure about. But I did post him on Facebook. Yes. And he is a butter... Um, like the Pillsbury Doughboy from um, the Ghostbusters movie. Yes. Yeah, so... Um, Marshmallow Man. Marshmallow Man. There's a picture of him that we're going to put up here for you. Okay. And um, he actually was fun. Like, I got some wire because I, I Googled how to do it. Mm-hmm. And you actually can make some wire. And I made some wire legs. And I made this body out of this wire. And then you just um, actually get the butter cold. And you keep it cold. And we were able to form legs and arms. And he was not detailed by any means. But he was pretty cool. He was pretty cool. Yeah. I did not place because there were some other ones that were pretty detailed. Like... Yeah, I saw some, some of those some pictures. It jobs. was extravagant. Yeah. I was like, maybe we shouldn't have uh, announced that there was this competition so that, you know, there wouldn't have been so many contestants. Yeah, so that, mm-hmm. but, but it was fun. It was fun. And we were glad other people participated. Yeah. And I was even glad I didn't win. I just liked doing it. It was like a cool, a cool experience. So if you've never sculpted with butter, butter is super cheap. You can get like four sticks of it for next to nothing. And I bought like, I don't know. 
eight or nine packs of it. And it turns out that I really just needed like one. Yeah. Yeah. So I have extra butter in the fridge if you need it. Just haul it. Did you just say you didn't care if you win? You didn't even care if you win? No, not. I didn't. It was just fun. Yeah, that is so not me. Yeah. I'm always like, I just have to win. It doesn't matter what it is. True. I just need to win. Yeah. If I'm going to get into it, I'm going to go for first prize. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Actually, I, I asked Joplin to draw this Grinch on Malachi's shirt for school last year, and they had like a Grinch day at Christmas time. And um, it was like this immaculate Grinch, and it probably would have won a prize. It probably would have. Yeah. First prize. Yeah, I'm thinking you're just going to like scribble something out. <laughs> nope, he like got the whole thing out. We It was, yeah, I'm it was a big deal. Yeah. So, um, that wasn't even a competition. It wasn't even a competition. Nope. You're right. It's comp- it just I, I wanted it to look good for my son. I wanted him to have the best Grinch shirt. See, it kind of was a competition. I wanted him to have the best oh. Grinch shirt of the other kids there. Well, and mine so- was the best butter monster. Pillsbury Doughboy. Best. Nobody um, else had one like it. That is a true. Nobody else had one See? like yours. Absolutely true. I, um, I tell you what, I saw some of the pictures of the ones that actually placed, and they were incredible. They were. It was like, where did they? How how did they do that? Mm-hmm. Um, did they buy that? Like, how many days did it take? Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, Mine. how did they take butter and form it into that thing? I mean. There was some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, there was. And so kudos to those of you who participated and uh, those of you that cared about taking uh, home the first prize and really worked for it. Kudos to you guys. And And to the rest of you who just had fun losing, you know what? Awesome for you guys. What's that? A loser. Yeah. But you're not a loser. As long as you own it, it's okay. Yeah. And everybody gets a trophy. Nope. No? Nope. Just there. Okay. Well, that's better. That's better when not everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. No, just a winner. Okay. That's okay. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad you participated, hon. You know, I had fun watching. Yeah. And um, I just, I'm curious, honest question here. Hmm. Did you decide that it was the Marshmallow Man after you were done and it was complete and you were trying to figure out something that he kind of looked like? Or were you actually trying to make him the Marshmallow Man from the beginning? Well, my goal was actually a butter monster. Okay. I just wanted to do a butter monster because the wireframe before mm-hmm. actually looked like a monster. And Malachi and I watched a show on Netflix and it was actually like a water monster. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. And so my my envision for him the entire time was this like butter monster. And then he kind of looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy, which was also... Kind of a butter monster. So we just went with it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So. We got two more items here that we're going to talk about on the fun list. Number three is back to school shopping. How did that make the fun list? Um, Because back to school shopping can be fun. Yeah. I mean, you're shopping. You're shopping. Yeah. I'm not actually like talking about supplies. Oh. I'm talking that's about, what I'm thinking of is supplies. Okay, no, no. I'm talking like, about yeah, like, let's go, yeah, let's get go to the racers. mall because I'm going to get like a new shirt for the first day of school. And yeah, like our kids always need something for the first day of school. Yeah. So for them, it's super fun. They like it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll usually try to figure out like where we can get the best deal. So then, you know, they can get two things instead of one or yeah. And I just like shopping. So. I was confused by what you said there though. When you said you go to the mall 
and you get a shirt for the first day of school, were you talking in the third person as if you were one of our kids, or do you get yourself a shirt for the first day of school, just like as an honorary thing to do for you to buy another shirt? Well, I'm unclear on that myself. It'll just kind of depend when I go if there's a shirt that I really like that's on sale. And you're I like, might hey, wind up with an honorary shirt. Shopping, I should buy me a shirt. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But you know what? I have not been shopping in a really long time. You might be Malachi's teacher this year. (laughs) Yay. And so you're going to need some new teaching clothes. I know. This is going good. Okay. See, this was a good topic. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to all you mamas and daddies and grandmas out there that are going to back to school shop. Hopefully you find some sales and have happy kids. So here's the final thing. We've got something super cool in Derby, and if you haven't been there, you've got to come check this thing out. Yeah. It is the most random thing I've ever seen in my life. I drove by it the first time and was like, what is that? True story. Not me. I was like, what is that? We have to stop. (laughs) True story. Like 30 people backed up. Mm-hmm. waiting to order and so this um place that does like fall festival it's um, actually from the carnival yeah, it's, yeah so this carnival company yeah took one of their um buildings and it's the building that serves funnel cakes yep and brought it to cream, derby fried oreos and if you're familiar with where we do our fireworks tent they rented the exact same lot where we do our fireworks tent on rock road and 63rd street Uh, Rock Road and Patriot in Derby. Right next to Subway. Right next to Subway. They use that same lot. And it's it's just like this random, and obviously it looks like it belongs to a carnival. Yeah. It's all got all the bright colors on it and stuff. And you can go and get fried Oreos, funnel cakes, all the type of food that you get at a carnival. And they're not here for long. They're only here, I think, through this weekend. Really? This yeah. weekend? So yeah. you've got... And then they moved to another location. Okay. Yeah. Do you well, want to go tonight? You know, listen, I... If you want to. See how much fun it is? Yeah, yeah I've already go. been once. But. Let's go. But so, it's only going to be here for a couple more days. So we should go again. We, and we might not come back again. We should go. This sounds like a date. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so check out the funnel cake truck at 63rd and Rock Road because it is... It's good, and it's they're professional, and they're awesome. And you might see us there. That's right. All right, guys, we love you. Hope you have yeah. a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye.